Hello and welcome to Ministry Movement Moments. In all you're getting, get understanding with ministry coach and empowerment speaker, Dr. Tracy Lewis. Dr. Lewis is an author, minister, coach, and human development entrepreneur. She is also the chief apostle and founder of Growing Discoveries Outreach Ministries Incorporated USA. Dr. Lewis has traveled to many countries bringing the gospel and establishing over 20 churches in other nations. Her scope of work over the past 35 years through missions, messages, and podcasts has circled the globe. Dr. Tracy's authenticity and simple approach to the message of the gospel makes her voice relevant to all generations. She believes that finding one's purpose and destiny is necessary and desires to help equip you to grow in knowledge and the gifts that God has given you as an individual, regardless of age, ethnicity, descent, or class to fulfill your destiny. Get ready to be challenged to make life-altering truths that will cause you to become the best you you can be. Hello, friends. I'm Dr. Tracy Lewis. Thank you for taking time to listen to these messages on principles in leadership taken from the book of Nehemiah. And on our last message, we addressed the issue of following the proper flow of authority that brings favor, that brings release, that brings protection, that brings provision. And one of the things I stated in our last teaching was that provision must always come up to vision. Vision dictates provision. Provision does not dictate vision. What do I mean by that? Well, many people sit around saying, well, once I get the money or once I have this or once I have that, once I have time, once I get these things in place, then I will fulfill the will of God. No, my friend, when you begin to take the steps to fulfill the will of God for your life and fulfill the purpose and the destiny God has given you, everything else will come and fall into place because God will equip, God will provide, God will protect, God will be your rear guard and the glory of in the lifter of your head in all things. So I wanted to just share with you because the word of God also tells us that we overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony and by not loving our own life even unto death. I want to talk about the middle part of the sandwich, which is that we overcome by the words of our testimony. God has provided so many things. I began doing the will of God for my life over 35 years ago. I received the mysteries of God from heaven and the divine direction of God of where I was supposed to take my first steps in ministry. From there and throughout those years, God has continued to cause that vision to evolve, my mission to be enlarged, my territories to be enlarged. But those enlargements and those extra assignments or new directions or evolution only took place because of being obedient first to do the first works that God told me to do. And what I have come to understand in this journey of destiny and in this journey of leadership is that in order for us to continue to evolve, we must first be obedient in the small things. In order to be ruler over much, we must first be obedient and we must follow and be a servant over the little things. 
many times people just want this big, grandiose company or this big, grandiose ministry or this big, grandiose assignment, but they've never proven themselves in small assignments. So what I'm telling you today that I want you to get as a leader, that in order for you to accomplish great things, you must first be faithful in small things. Great faith is simple trust. And you as a leader have to have faith. It is absolutely necessary as a godly leader to have the faith of God. In fact, God told us that way. Have the faith of God. What kind of faith is this? Faith is as small as a mustard seed, but greatest tree in all of the garden. So faith is something that must be a verb. It must be an action. It's fearless action into truth. Ha, 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 devil is the way that I call it faith because it helps me to remember that I must take action. Fear holds back. Fear hinders. Fear stops. Fear doesn't move. Fear is paralyzed, but faith moves. Faith acts. Faith believes. Faith speaks. Faith possesses. Faith achieves all that God has for us. So in order to be a good leader, we must be a person of faith. And what does faith look like? Faith looks like action. It looks like doing something according to what we know is true. So in order to be a person of faith, in order to be a godly leader, we have to begin by taking the steps. The first step that Nehemiah took was he sought the Lord. It takes faith to seek the Lord and to hear his voice. And in order to achieve what God has spoken in the heavenlies and into our spirit takes faith because it cannot be seen with the natural eye. In fact, the word of God tells us that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it, that faith is the evidence of what we can or cannot see. So we can't see how it's all going to happen. We just know in our knower, knowing deep on the inside of us that God has spoken. What God has spoken will come to pass. And then we must begin to become what I call water walkers. We must begin to walk on the water. We must begin to put our hand to the plow. We must begin to do what we can do. And what I've learned is that when we do all that we can and it's not enough, God will make up the difference. God will always make up the difference. God will always bring the provision for the mission. If God told you to do something, he'll also tell you how to get there. He'll also give you the steps to map out, as we talked about in our last teaching. He'll give you the steps that you need to take, and you'll need to have the answers to the questions that the person who has the provision might ask you. So here's the thing that I wanted to share with you. I wanted to share with you some stories because I think sometimes people really think that things just fall into people's laps and some of us get dealt good cards and some of us get dealt bad cards. And I would be doing these great things if I had a sponsor. I would be doing these wonderful things, but I can't because such and such isn't happening. I can't because you need to get I can't out of your vocabulary. Here's Nehemiah. He's a slave. He's in the highest position a slave can be, being cupbearer of the king. And God has spoken to him a heavenly vision to go to another place to serve his own people and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Did you notice that it didn't say Nehemiah was a builder? Did you notice it didn't say that Nehemiah had ever excavated land or had ever built walls or who had ever built fences or who had ever talked with governors and 
all the things that he did while he began this work. But Nehemiah had fearless action into a truth that God has said, I want you to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So as God gives you an assignment, I think of all the way back when I came out of Bible school, God told me to return to my homeland and he called my homeland and my home state and the city where I was from, Egypt. He said, I want you to go back to Egypt and set the people free. So in doing that, we began and went back to my hometown. We began to pioneer a work, a small little work in a small little building. And then that building went to into another building as we grew, the provisions came. And then an opposition and a positioning of God took place where God took us from where we were into several years ahead by merging our small little work with another work and taking over that work where a pastor had fallen and there were a, was a flock of sheep that were nearby that needed a shepherd. And so years were removed from that one step one to step two because of God's divine intervention and God's provision of favor that I was able to step into a higher place quicker than what I had I had destined through that place. I was there 18 months and I learned many things about bylaws. I made learned many things about leadership. I learned many things that it would have taken me years to learn building my work from the ground up. I stepped into a work that had been established for about five to six years. All the positions were already in place and I learned how to delegate. I learned the problems that would arise. I learned what sin could do in the camp. I learned how to position myself as a leader and as an overseer, all the things that were yet to come down the road, several years that I did not know, God was training me and teaching me right there in that place where he moved me from a small place into a large place and kept me there 18 months and then sent me back to starting over so that I could have in my foundation the right things that I had never received or learned in Bible school. He put them in me by walking through a difficult situation that took me years to understand, but he equipped me for the cause of the purpose that he had for me that was waiting for me in another place. So I returned again back to my hometown and restarted the work that I had just begun and I was years years ahead in wisdom from that 18 months of training. So go, looking back in that, it, it helped me to see how God will equip us and how he would train us and how he would surround us with situations. He will surround us with good and with evil to help form us and shape us into what we need to be for the task that we don't even understand or know is ahead of us. And so that's one way God trained me. Another thing that he did for me supernaturally is after I had been working and walking in some for about 10 years, the Lord spoke to me and said, it's time to go into a higher office. It's time to take on more responsibility. I'm going to lay the mantle, not only of a shepherd on you, but I'm going to lay the mantle of an evangelist. And I want you to go in such and such a place. And I want you to hold a revival. Well, at that point, I had been really not stepping into the pulpit as much as God had called me to do. And God was dealing with me to step into that higher place that I had been called to and put away my fears and my inhibitions and man's opinions of a woman being called into the ministry. And he sent me to a new place where I was going to be sent to break ground. 
at that moment, I didn't understand that God had called me to be an apostle. I was just feeling like a five-headed freak. I was understanding, well, sometimes I feel like a pastor. Sometimes I feel like an evangelist. And then I became a church planter. And then I began to understand the office of the apostle and that the apostle goes in and out of all fivefold ministry gifts according to the people to whom God sends them to. Take that and think on that because there's a lot of mystery in that one statement that I just shared with you. So as I began to evangelize and as I began to hold tent meetings, then God began to set me to set up and plant churches. But what I want to share with you is when God called me to go to another city that was over two hours away and they called me to hold a revival there, he didn't show me everything. He just said, I want you to go and hold a revival. I didn't know I would be planning a church there at the time. I just knew one part of what God said, go hold a revival. God knows the whole plan, but he knows what we're ready to hear and what we're able to hear. In hearing that alone, it was a big step of faith for me. I didn't have a tent. I didn't have a sound system. I only knew one person in the community God was sending me to because I had gone there to preach as a guest speaker at a women's event. And God said, you'll be coming back to this place. Little did I know it would be one year later and that God would provide from having correspondence with this one lady throughout the one year, a place to stay when I went that didn't cost me anything. And God called me to that place. And it was just a little community, only at 1500 people. And when God told me to go there, I didn't have a tent. I didn't have a sound system. I didn't know where I would go, but he told me to go to that town, meet with that lady. And I went with her to a prayer meeting. And at that prayer meeting, a woman was there who had had a dream about a revival. And I told her, well, God has told me to do a revival here. She said it was in a tent. I said, well, God has told me to put it in a tent. And she said, and I know where the property is. I said, show me the property because God didn't give that piece to me. You see, sometimes we have to step out. If I hadn't gone to the place called there, to the place that God called me to, to go to meet, I never would have met that woman. I never would have known the place because she had that piece of information that I didn't have. When I I went and I began to walk on the land. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, this is more than I, what am I doing here? I was questioning, why is God sending me? There are times God will send you to do things and you'll say, how on earth could I do this? So I went to that place and the lady that I spoke to said, we found some land in a vacant building. And I said, you know, I don't have the first idea of how to do this. She said, don't worry about it. God already showed me in the dream, I'm supposed to help you and we're going to get this land cut. We're going to find out who owns this building and we're going to believe God for a tent and a sound system. So as I began to seek the Lord, he told me who to ask for the tent and the man donated his tent to use for that week. And he told me who had the sound system that I could call and ask. And sure enough, they allowed me to use their sound system. So without any money, without anything but the direction of the Holy Spirit to go to that place to meet with that person, God made a way. And within two weeks time, I was holding an evangelistic tent meeting in a little town where there were no spirit filled churches doing an evangelistic revival that lasted, I believe, three weeks. And in the first week in a town of 1500 people, 85 people confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Drug addicts were delivered. Alcoholics were delivered. And then God spoke again. And God said to me, you see the building beside you? 
That is where I want you to plant a church. The building was owned by a man in another state. God supernaturally provided through the influence of this individual that had begun with me in the beginning. And we called the man. We made an agreement with the man that he would allow us to use the building for six months for free if we would just clean it up. So God made a way for me to begin to plant that first church in another place. And he made all those provisions supernaturally. I had no money. I had no people. I had no supplies. But as I walked out what God told me to do, God made up the difference. God provided. Soon after that, the man that had loaned me the tent left the ministry and gave the tent to me. The sound system was also given to me because they decided to buy a better one because they used a different one and they decided to sew that into the ministry. And then the building was given six months for free. And there we had it. And we began the mother church that would then plant several churches throughout the state of Michigan and also in 20 other churches around the world over a 10-year period. We never know what God will allow us to do. God made a way for me when there seemed to be no way. He made provision for me. At that time, God began, and in that tent meeting, God began to lay upon my heart a burden to go to the, to the Philippines on a mission trip. And there was a woman who came into that tent meeting and I was sharing about that vision. And she said, God spoke to me to pay your ticket to get to that destination and to be in those meetings. So then God supernaturally started to send me around the world by different people being spoken to, to send and send me. And the word of God tells us, how should they go unless someone send them? And when I would share that message and I would preach that gospel and God would call me to a certain place, he would send someone to provide that ticket that I needed to get to the other side. So as you walk out what God has told you to do, as you're faithful and obedient in the fields that he has sent you to, he will make you ruler over much. He will give you souls for your life. He will give you people who have provision. He will make a way for you. In fact, when I came to that city, I had no idea that the other work that I had started was going to fold and I would relocate everything to that other place and that from there, God would launch 10 years of wonderful ministry until he gave me a new assignment. From there, I traveled around the world and every provision that I needed for everywhere that I went was provided through the hands of other people in the kingdom of heaven who had sown into the work. There has not been a time, my friend, that God has called me to do something that I had something in my hand to work with. He always gave the provision as I gave my heart, my life, and my obedience. And so I want to encourage you today to do the same as a leader in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, as a leader who's been sent to start a business, who's been assigned to go into a company and to clean it up, who's been given a burden to help the homeless. Whatever God has called you to do, just start walking it out. Just start speaking it into existence. Just start doing what God tells you to do. Do today what you know to do today and God will bring about the rest. I want you to have faith. A leader that is ordained by God and is a godly leader will be a man or a woman of faith. Faith will do the impossible. Faith will take you into places you never thought you'd go. Faith will cause you to travel to different 
boundaries and borders and continents. Faith will make a way and a provision for you. Even God provided for me over the last 35 years, probably 10 or 12 different cars that have been sewn into my ministry to get me where I need to go. I could tell you miracle after miracle after miracle that God has provided what I have needed for the cause. So when people call me and people write me and they say, hey, will you give money to this? And I can't do this work without you. I always remind them, if you are obedient to the heavenly vision, the God of heaven will provide for you in ways you never thought possible. People will sow. And then when God spoke to me to leave those works and give him what was in my hand and that he had a new assignment for me, he showed me how to do that. It took a two-year process. I relocated from one state to another state. And when I went to that state, I had nothing to start with. I had left all my seed in the ground before I left. And I came in faith to the new place that God had called me. And for one year, I did not know what God had brought me to do. But after that year, he revealed it to me. And I began to start transitional housing for men and women coming out of incarceration, out of domestic violence, out of addiction and rehabs to start their life over and to heal and to set free those who are captive. And I've been doing that for the last 15 years and God has supernaturally provided everything that I needed. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how to do it. I had never been involved with addictive behaviors. I had never been involved with mental health issues and all the things that presented themselves as I was called to this work. And as I have walked it out, God has provided supernaturally to where now we have three homes that are operating, funds coming in to provide for those homes. And now we're in the place of beginning to raise up people to be staff members. And God will allow me to go into new territories and new boundaries and new borders and return to some old fields and reap from what was sown there years ago. So you never know what God will call you to do. He's called me to do podcasts. He's called me to write books. He's called me to speak and to train and to teach and to empower others for works of service because that's what the office of an apostle does. So as you begin to be obedient to the heavenly vision, your God shall supply all that you need and he will give you everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. Stay faithful, remain fervent, stay focused on your vision, not on the provision and the provision will come up to vision. You don't have to beg for things. You don't have to feel like you've been given an unfair hand. No, the God of heaven is no respecter of persons and what he has called you to do, he will not only equip you to do it, but he will provide for you in every way to make your way prosperous and successful. May God bless you in the work that he's called you to do. And may what I have shared with you today in testimony inspire you to do great things for the kingdom of heaven. God bless you until we meet again. We here at ministrymovementmoments.org and growingdiscoveriesoutreach.com want to thank you for engaging in this broadcast. Dr. Lewis is always honored and grateful that you would take time out of your life to grow and receive each thought-provoking message she brings. Please reach out to us by visiting our websites, ministrymovementmoments.org or www.growingdiscoveriesoutreach.com. While you're there, take time to look at all the additional tools available to become whole and healthy and fulfill your own personal destiny. 
We also invite you to sign up there on our mailing list to receive further announcements of events and be notified when Dr. Lewis will be coming to your area. Once again, thank you for spending your time with us today. And as we always say, in all you're getting, get understanding. If this session was helpful to you, please like, share, and invite others opportunity to receive the same strength and support in their journey as you have today. If you would like to support mission partners and projects around the world, please visit our site and make your donation today. We can do more together than we can ever do alone. May God be glorified in all we do. Amen.